0: Welcome back to Gems Podcast. I'm your host Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is Keegan Lamar. And here's a bit about Keegan. As a former collegiate athlete, Keegan Lamar marries sports performance to business mastery. He works with performance-minded individuals to help them create impact in their own lives and the lives of others through mastering their unique approach to performance. His goal is to arm an audience with the foundational mental information he did not have access to until later in life. So they can unlock an unstoppable mindset earlier than most people ever do. And without further ado, please welcome Keegan Lamar to GEMS Podcast. And we're going to dive into performance mindset and ridding yourself of those distractions.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on Genesis.
0: My pleasure. So Keegan, I'm sure the audience wants to know a little bit more about you. So would you like to share a fun fact about yourself?
1: Yeah, 100%. So Um, I was a part of the inaugural football team, uh, at the university of Colorado when they first entered the PAC 12. So, um, it's one of those titles that I get to carry with me that I was, um, part of that first team that took the field when it came to the university of Colorado first being a part of that PAC 12, um, conference, which, um, is just one of those things that will never be done again, right. For, for the university of Colorado. So, um, it was, it was an absolute pleasure to be able to do that. And being able to play college football uh, as a whole is, is obviously such an electrifying atmosphere whenever you're playing against anybody. So it was a ton of fun. And it's one of those things that I always carry with me.
0: That is super awesome. So the first inaugural, um, at the university of Colorado and the pac 12. So, I mean, that was a big win right there. And what did you learn from that experience and how has it shaped you on the path you're on now?
1: Yeah. So I'll be the first one to say that we got our butts handed to us a lot. Um, when we first entered the pac 12, we, it was a very tough transition. I think in the course of, uh, my time there, I mean, our first, first season, I think we won like two or three games, um, and so it was, I see it as a massive learning opportunity because we got so much experience by playing all these teams that had, um, totally different, uh, just team combinations of, of the players that they had, the strategies they had. And we were moving from a completely different conference and being in a place where you're losing so frequently, you deal with so many challenges, right? Like you immediately, start trying to figure out, okay, what's going wrong. And then when you feel like you can't fix what's going wrong, well, it's, well, how do we salvage this? And then when you have a really rough season, it's, well, how do I move forward? Do I want to play the sport anymore? Do I want to continue to um, push myself to try and um, keep fighting through this? Do I, do I love playing the sport anymore? And you question everything. So from a mental standpoint, not only myself, but all of my teammates, there was so many different dynamics that a lot of other teams, um, just don't deal with because we went through a very challenging time. And that has shaped me tremendously because all those lessons, all those things that I dealt with, or that the team dealt with, um, and that we all dealt with individually and as a group you learn from and the people, and there's this, um, you know, this, this amazing framework of people who have, really good decision-making practices in their life um, are usually have great experiences and great experiences usually come from having bad decision making and, or, or, or as some people like to call it failures. And so when you stumble and you fall and you, you're challenged over and over and over again, you get so many different experiences that you then understand how to overcome so much more than the people who, Um, are constantly winning or a part of something where they're not being challenged enough to the point where they fail.
0: Absolutely. And I'm glad that you shared that because that also sets us up for the work that you're doing now as a performance mindset coach, or because one, in order to really have that optimal performance, you have to condition your mind. And when you condition your mind, it's that overall mindset and where you're trying to go. Because if you have that stinking thinking, that negativity, that pessimistic, you're not going to be able to optimally, number one, live the life that you want. And you're always going to be seeking validation in all the wrong things thinking that is going to help you get ahead. So sometimes when you go through those failures, just see them as life lessons and those things that are going to help boost you and thrust you into where you need to be. Because if you never go through the hard things in life, you're not going to appreciate the easier things or the success because people who Take time to really cultivate and really plant those seeds, they're able to reap that abundant harvest because they know what it is to work hard. They know what it is to make those sacrifices. They know what it is to have those struggles um, and those start ugly moments.
1: Yeah, 100%. And um, first off, I love the phrase that you use stinking thinking, coming from uh, coined originally by Bob Moad, Trevor Moad's father. Um and one of the grandfathers of of modern day coaching, um. So I love that. But you you hit the nail right on the head when you go through challenges and you push yourself and you fail. It allows you to appreciate the journey, and and you may have success. You may have things. You may have other stuff. When you push yourself to the limit, um, that ultimately come out of it. It's it's really those you know you reap what you sow you put in really hard work and and you and you make those you dedicate yourself to a discipline or you dedicate yourself to a practice and you do whatever it takes then obviously you get the rewards that come with it and the people who don't push themselves um don't see those rewards and there's this there's this concept of okay well how much do i push myself right like it, and, and whether it's mentally physically a whole bunch of other stuff how far should you push yourself And I would tell anybody, push yourself as far as you can go where you have a tolerable amount of failure occurring in your life. There are people who are so deathly afraid of failure because they either it's the expectations they set or a number of different things that they don't challenge themselves. I would say, think of it as if you're a grandmaster in chess and you're playing amateurs all day long then you're going to come home and you say, man, I absolutely crushed it today. And someone's going to say, you're a moron. You're playing people who have no clue what they're doing. And you're out here like you're no better than them, right? If anything, they're better than you because they're practicing against a grandmaster. If you can push yourself to the point where you have a tolerable amount of failure in your life, then you're going to be growing as an individual, because you're challenging yourself to a um, to the point where it, it becomes, you know, every time you step into the arena of whatever that you're doing, that there's a chance you may lose. And when you do that, you're forcing yourself to adapt, you're forcing yourself to grow. And that's the only place where, where we wind up growing and to bring that over into sports. I mean, why do we work out, right? You, you, you work out for the intention of breaking down muscle fiber. Like you don't get to become stronger or more fit or anything like that, unless you put stress on yourself. That's the only way muscle grows is by actually tearing it, these little micro tears. So the same thing happens mentally. You have to push yourself to the point where you have these tears or these struggles or these challenges. You have to put stress on yourself in order to grow as an individual.
0: Absolutely. And I like how you talked about toler tolerable and just overall tolerance because what are what are you allowing in your space? And is it something that you can tolerate? If you can't tolerate it, then it's time to kick it to the side because it's not adding value to you and you're not adding value to the situation. And it's just like in life, seasons change. So just like the seasons change, we as individuals change and evolve over time. You're not going to be the same person five years from now. 10 years from now, at least I hope you're not. I hope you actually mature and get wiser and become, you know, smarter at all things in your life. And so as a performance coach, Keegan, some people may be thinking, what is a performance coach? Do I need a performance coach? And how can Keegan help me with what I'm dealing with. First of all, I want you to unpack what is a performance coach. So that way we set the stage and people know how, how you do what you do. And of course you didn't get there overnight. You had to go through a hell of a ride, which is called life. We're always on this roller coaster ride and you never know what you're going to get, but how you react to certain situations is what's going to set you up for success.
1: Yeah. So, um, number one to, to make performance mindset coaching simple, it's enhancing your performance and everything you do without the drugs, um, it to bring it to sports, but, um, and, and sorry, that's a joke, but anyways, um, a performance mindset coach is someone who is focused on helping you achieve results more frequently. And so this has nothing to do with like achieving certain types of results or anything like that. This has everything to do with, helping people understand how to set really good goals and how to hit them. Um, Because oftentimes when it comes down to performance or the results that you want to get in life, a lot of people can get started. I mean, you think about, I mean, the last time, probably 90% of the population tried to do a diet. You can do it really well for like a week. You can go and, and buy groceries and all this other stuff. And then you just plummet because you 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 over overload yourself. You have no idea how to approach this from a sustainable manner, or, or you don't set yourself up mentally to be able to continue to do this. So performance mindset coach is really meant to do a couple of things. One, help you set better goals two, understand what your potential to hit those goals is. And if you have any gaps and three, be able to help you remove all the distractions or the things that get in the way and replace them with healthy habits that from a daily perspective, you can become more disciplined and then make the goals that you really want to have just become more of a natural occurrence in your life, rather than something that you like, feel like you're climbing a mountain, you reach the top and you have your, you know, your moment. It's more of one of those things where you suddenly, it's like driving in a car and you pass like a speed limit sign. You're like, Oh, I didn't realize that I just passed that. That's what I would rather for someone to do is start having these successes that they now think are big things to have them just kind of come by and be like, Oh yeah, no, that was a, that was bound to happen with the lifestyle that I have. So that's what a performance mindset coach is. And what I focus on when I work with anybody is distractions because I, I mean, this is everybody. We all have a tendency to want to move towards getting better in a multitude of different ways. If, if somebody says, Hey, you know, You are, uh, you know, today's your first day of onboarding. You want to try and provide value for a new company, right? Hey, what makes somebody successful here? How do I do this? How do I do that? We're always learning. We're always picking up skills. But the thing that a lot of people don't realize is that they hardly take time to deal with distractions. And so when you think about something along the lines of if you're a sprinter, you can go and do um, training on, on your form and your strength and all these other different things. But if you have cinder blocks tied to you, you're not going to get faster. If anything, you're just going to, you're going to become stronger, but you're still going to be getting dragged down. You'll never tap into your fullest potential. I think of performance uh, in a very simple manner, which is the performance that you want to have in life or the results you want to get equals your potential to be able to get those results minus distractions. So very simple formula. And a lot of people overcomplicate performance and all these different things. And my job is to help them uncomplicate it.
0: And that's so profound. And I want you to say that formula again, just so our listeners, as well as our viewers could take notes, because this formula is what's going to help you unlock some of those blocks in your life.
1: Yeah, so the, once again, the formula is performance, which performance is defined as the results you want to get equals your potential, everything that's helping you get those results minus distractions, which is honestly everything else. And there's so many people are like, well, I like doing this and I like doing that. And then I would say, okay, well, going out and, you know, going out on a, on a late night, drinking with your friends and other stuff like that. Does that help your training? If that's the goal you really want to have is to hit this goal. If like, if training is the goal, you want to become more fit or whatever, um, then, is this actually helping you do that? And they're like, well, no, but it helps keep me social. And I'm like, okay, well, is being fit meaning being social or like, like help me understand the definition here. So it just makes it simple and everybody wants to try and complicate it. But these distractions, they come up from so many different places by either thinking, Oh, well, well I have to do this. I have these responsibilities I have, which I like to call bills you have to pay in life, like things that are just there and things that are obligations or people make obligations, even though they're completely optional. Um, I also think of distractions as coming from four main categories, which I like to call the fast lane. And these four categories, fast stands for fear, anxiety, stress, and tiredness. And fear, the way I define it is the, the mindset that you believe you are going to validate a negative thought. Right. So if you're, if you're like, I don't want to go after this because what if I make myself a fool? Well, then you're not going to do it. That's fear at work. The belief that you're going to validate a negative thought. And that's, that's fear in a nutshell. A stands for anxiety, which anxiety is just your brain trying to forecast out how things are going to play out. Assuming that you have no new information, which you brought this up earlier. Who, who's the kind of person you want to be in five years and 10 years? I feel like everybody's gotten this question when they're interviewing for a job. And it's one of the stupidest questions that people could possibly be getting asked because you're going to be a completely different human being in five years or 10 years. Yeah. You may have an idea of the type of person you may want to be, but you have no clue what that's going to look like because you only have the information you have right now. And so your but your brain is going to try and create these forecasts to be able to say, well, here's where you'll probably be. And here's this, and here's that. And based off of everything going right now, you're going to wind up in a ditch, right? Like, because it's not taking into account any new information. So that's anxiety. Stress is the tension between the person you are being and the person you want to be. If you show up to work and you're having to try and put on a smile and be super nice and all this other stuff, but then at the end of the day, you'd like lash out and you're an angry person. Yeah, that's stress. And that's going to cause you to be run down into the ground. And then there's tiredness. Tiredness is when you finally reach the end of the rope and you're overburdening yourself and you're not being realistic with your own expectations of what you know you're capable of doing, you just get burned out and you don't have the energy to be able to do stuff. And what are the decisions you make when you're in a tired state? Most of the time, it's not going to be beneficial for you. So every distraction that we face has a tendency to come from those four areas.
0: And I like how you create an acronym to help define some of those distractions, because I was actually going to say, what are some distractions that some of your clients bring to the forefront? And what are some baggage that we need to let go of? And I'm going to share an example that I like to use with some of my clients is if you are traveling on an aircraft, you're going through, um, you're getting your ticket, Then after you get your ticket, you put your um, luggage on the conveyor belt so they can weigh it or whatnot. One of the things that they like you to do is check the weight of your luggage. The reason why they check the weight of your luggage is because they know exactly exactly. How many passengers are going to be flying on that aircraft? And they know how much lo- cargo that um, aircraft can accommodate. So, if there's too much cargo on that aircraft, the aircraft is not going to be able to balance the amount of cargo plus the amount of passengers that it's carrying in order to climb those levels of altitude and reach that maximum elevation to get you from point A to point B safely. So, That's why they either tell you to either take some of the articles out of your luggage or they encourage you to pay for another luggage because they want to make sure you reach your destination safely. So what type of luggage do you have and how is it weighing you down metaphorically? What type of baggage are you carrying around that is weighing you down mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. If it is causing you to be burdened, if it's causing you to have stress, to be tired, to just really think outside of your element, then it is a distraction that is no longer serving you a purpose.
1: Yeah. So this is a great question because I mean, everybody has some form of luggage, but and we all carry it with us. It sometimes it's how you look at the luggage that matters. Sometimes it's, you know, the, 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 the design of your luggage, the contents of what's what's in it, because most times we have a tendency to look at ourselves. There's some weird badge of honor with like people saying, Oh, I come with some baggage. And it's like, why would you try and praise that? Why would you not try and sit there and and put yourself in a position where you can be agile and you can um like whatever life throws at you, you're able to accommodate and you're able to move move yourself freely with so the things that create baggage are um limiting beliefs, having a belief that, oh well, this happened to them because things like this only happen to people like that, right, or oh, people like me don't get a promotion or Oh, I'm never going to find a, uh, you know, a significant other because, you know, I don't have good luck with that. These are stories that we tell ourselves and in the way, yeah, the way that you actually eliminate that is just ask the simple question. Is this true? Right? Like that's, that's the number one thing that I'll ask people. And they're just like, you know, my coach is just, when I talk to an athlete, I'm just like, does your coach actually hate you? And, and they'll be like, well, No. I'll be like, well, what does your coach want for you? I'll be like, well, they want me to perform really well. And I was like, so why do you pin them as the enemy? Right. So, so then, and then they don't know. Right. And you, and you, and you peel it back, you peel back the story until you realize it's BS. Um, So that's one piece of luggage that a lot of people bring with them. Another one is interpretations, which is the judgment that you place on certain things. You don't have a personal relationship with something, but you've heard things and therefore you've created this kind of persona around it. Oh, I don't like these types of people. I hear they're like this, or I don't like this situation because they probably do stuff like this where it's, it's kind of a, put yourself in their shoes for a moment. Are they a bad person? Right. Is this a judgment that you're placing? And why do you see them as, as kind of a you know, to make things either good or bad. Why is there no color between why, how come there's no spectrum here and realizing that people are not just either good or bad. Like people can be, you know, it comes down to intentions and other stuff like that. And, and I'd say, well, what do you understand about them? Right. And, and they might say, well, I read an article on this one news channel that like, is the only one I listen to. And I'm like, well, you're probably going to have some interpretations about them then if you're only getting everything from one source. So that's another thing that a lot of people carry with them. And then another one is assumptions, um, which assumptions are just your history. You assume that the past is going to repeat itself. And you say, well, people like this have a tendency to do certain things. They've done it in the past. They're going to do it again. And you believe that certain things are just not going to change. Oh, well, I got cut once. And so I'm probably going to get cut again. No, the past does not predict the future. Your current decision predicts the future. You control what you do now, um, and everything that's in the past. If you have, if you believe that it will repeat itself, it probably will because you're putting energy towards it, and you're automatically mentally priming yourself to repeat it. Um, and then, last but not least, are these things called gremlins that we carry with us, which are these these inner critics, right? Like when when you do something wrong and you hear that voice come, up and it's just like oh, you idiot right? And and it talks in your ear and it it puts you in a really bad position. Um, But really, all it's meaning to do is keep you safe because all it knows is how to keep you safe. Because at some point or another, calling you an idiot kept you from going even further and potentially um, doing something even more embarrassing. And now you hold on to it for dear life. And the only way to overcome that inner critic is to say, I know that you're trying to keep me safe here. I need to give you a new purpose, right? You change the thought in your head. You change the dialogue. And anybody who sits there and says, oh, I don't talk to myself. I would say you probably just told yourself to say that out loud. And they'd be like, well, yeah. So you do talk to yourself. We all do.
0: Absolutely. And those were some amazing examples. So um, one thing that I want to highlight is that pos- that positive self-talk versus that negative self-talk. Yes. And just listening to those voices in your head, you're allowing your, mi- your mind to be a battlefield because you're always battling the thoughts that are constantly showing up. So one way to get over that is to write down some of the negative thoughts that you keep seeing that come up over time. And then next to every negative negative thought, write down something positive, and then go and go in your bathroom and stand in front of the mirror and do some mirroring work and recite all of the positive things about yourself, your strengths and the opportunities that you want to have come into your life because then that is going to help you paint another picture. It's going to deprogram the negative stuff and reprogram the optimism. And then you're gonna have that paradigm shift to help you elevate mentally. And when you elevate mentally, everything around you is going to change you're going to feel better you're going to um, look better you're going to be able to connect more if you want to um, embrace that spirituality side and etc so do the do what you need to do by taking necessary actions and measures and then listen to some of the things that Keegan mentioned because they are all valuable things and you're not always going to have good days every day, but you can start by conditioning your mind and starting your day on a positive high note by what are you listening to in the mornings? Is it adding value? What are you saying about yourself? Who are you connected with and et cetera. And just taking those gradual steps will help change you over time. And Keegan, what are some other tips and tricks that people should be mindful of when they're walking through this journey?
1: Yeah. I thought you just mentioned some great ones. Uh, number one, writing out, writing down all those things that you find are coming up in your self-talk, whether they're negative or positive, just journaling that stuff and become, because number one, it gets it out of you because then you can start looking at it objectively. And I firmly believe that if you can shine a bright light on all the ugly stuff that's going on, you can do something about it. The more you know about it, the more you can do something about it. Um, So that's, that was something that you brought up that I had to just repeat, because I think that's such a powerful exercise for people to be able to do the mental priming as well. Um, do not underestimate the power of waking up and having a phrase or a mantra. Um, one of the things that I do, and I have this on every social media post, um, I'm getting ready to have t-shirts made of it and all this other stuff. My, my phrase that I use is just starting, um, I didn't discover it until I was um, probably in one of the most challenging places in my entire life, uh, where I, it was kind of a time where I felt like I was at the bottom of the barrel in some ways. And that phrase found me. And, and I literally woke up every single morning and said, I'm just starting And that phrase, what it did was it didn't matter if I accomplished something great. Because if I tell myself I'm just starting, it means there's so much more to be had and there's so much more for me to go, like I'm not done yet. And then if something bad really happened, I say, I'm just starting, it's, well, when you hit rock bottom, where's the place to go? The only way to go is up. And therefore, when you tell yourself that no matter what, it leads you to a positive outcome. And I would very much recommend that anybody who is struggling right now, do not underestimate self-talk. I mean, what is it in Trevor Moad's book? We talked about Bob Moad earlier, Trevor Moad's book, It Takes What It Takes. um, There was research done where uh, that he mentions in the book where self-talk is seven times more powerful than external talk that we hear. And negative talk is another, is a factor of 10 on top of that. So if somebody tells you something outside, that's like, you know, you just hear it. If you tell yourself something positive is seven times more powerful. However, if you tell yourself something negative, it's, it's self-talk and it's negative. It is 70 times more powerful than hearing one person externally say, you can get through this, right? So don't underestimate the power of self-talk. Change the voice, change the narrative, change the inputs, Um, whether it's audiobooks, music, you mentioned some of these things. When you change the inputs, you simply will get better outputs. Um, and if you don't believe me, try this exercise, change the input, get a different output. Gratitude is probably the lowest barrier to entry in life for living a positive life than anything. I would recommend that every single person pick up the phone that is in your pocket or in your hand right now. Because it's right, it, everybody has it. Yeah, we all have it within three feet. And if it's not within three feet of us, we feel naked. So I guarantee anybody listening to this probably has their phone within three feet of them. Pick it up, go into your contacts. When you're in your contacts, just scroll through. Wait till a name pops out. And once that name pops out, you will start to think about well, what is this person doing? What is it? And you, and you recall recall stories and all these other things. Take 30 seconds to send them a message that says, Hey, I just wanted to let you know, I'm thinking about you today and I'm hoping that you're doing well. And I'm grateful for you and list something personal. I I was thinking about the time that we did this and this, this, and man, it just put such a smile on my face and I hope you're doing well. And I just wanted to let you know, it will become infectious. I promise you just a little bit of gratitude goes such a long way. If you want to change yourself, it's an easy way to do it mentally. If you want to change yourself physically, sit there and maybe do this alone first so that you don't feel weird, but you can sit there and you can smile for a minute because your brain doesn't know the difference. If you're smiling because someone told you something funny or you're actually happy or anything else, there's a physiological response that your brain has. So when you do these different things, Things like if you smile for one minute, no matter what, you will be happier because your brain will release all those chemicals that say, oh, we're happy. Okay, we're going to be happy right now because that's what's going on. I guarantee you the moment you do that, whatever seemed to be bugging you, you will slowly start to figure out a solution or you will be able to rationalize it. And then you'll be able to do something about it. And if you're looking to be able to do these things on a normal basis and actually work through this stuff, work with a coach, work with somebody, be able to talk through these things. It's such a powerful practice to be able to do this stuff with another human being. Um, And that's probably my final bit of advice is no matter what you're doing, don't do it alone. Um, We're meant to grow with one another. This is not about being a lone wolf. Yeah, there's a romantic thought process around being an entrepreneur or a solopreneur or going out and hustling and all this other stuff. Find somebody who you can be transparent with. Like just find anybody that you can truly care about and be transparent with. I did that, oh man, about two years ago. And now every single week, Wednesday morning at 6 a.m., me and um, and this other individual, we get up and we talk to each other and we're transparent with each other. And I kid you not this morning, we talked about the journey we have both had. When we first started talking, we're like, we didn't know anything and we were faking it till we make it. And then we talked this morning and we we're just like, we're, we went from, you know, barely scraping by with some stuff to, um, multimillion dollar conversations and celebrating those types of wins with each other. And it all came from being transparent. When you can be transparent, it'll change your life. Find people who you can be transparent with. And if you can't, question the relationship.
0: Absolutely, those were amazing gems that you just shared there, Keegan. And thank you for adding so much value to the conversation. And I want to give you a chance to leave our listeners and viewers with a call to action on what you want them to do once they hear all of the tips and tricks that
1: you've shared. Yeah, um, man, I feel like I, ha- I, I this. This feels like a red carpet moment. I feel so honored. Um, <laughs> so if you're listening to this and you enjoy or take to heart any of the things that I've said, um, any call to action would be, if you want to have a conversation, let me know. I'm always, always, always open to having a conversation with any individual who is curious about any of the things I said, whether you want to tell me I'm crazy, or you want to tell me, Hey, this really stood out to me and I may want to explore it further. Let's just talk. I'm I'm, I'm not here to try and I'm not going to push some type of like, Oh, I'm running a a deal or a discount. No, let's just have a conversation and let's move you to a powerful place. And the other thing is I'm very well connected. If I can't help you, I know someone who can same with Genesis. Um, this month I did have a book project that I'm a part of called forever athlete, which is a collection of stories, um, strategies, tools and tips from people who have been high performing athletes, either in the division one college level or the professional level um, where we share these stories and help people understand all these different things that have, that served us as athletes and how they transitioned into the world thereafter. Um, This can be found. Now, every, every co-author has specific links. Um, Mine's found on my website, lamarcoaching.com. Um, and it's a $25 book. It's a great book. And, um, because it's not just me in it, it's me plus all these other different all-stars, um, who are probably (laughs) way better than I am in certain areas of life, uh, that you get to learn from. So an absolutely amazing book. If anybody feels compelled to be able to go pick that up. And I do have a bundle with that. You can go check it out as well. Uh, that includes coaching and other stuff like that, but otherwise, um, I'm always looking to just get feedback. If there's anything that stood out to you, please reach out and you can find me at Keegan at lamarcoaching.com. That's my personal email. It'll come directly to me. I always am open to feedback and open to conversation. So that's the only thing I could ask is um, take some of this stuff and go do something with it.
0: Yes. And where do you hang out on social media, Keegan?
1: Yeah, so I am on Instagram. Uh, I am putting a whole lot more stock into TikTok. I'm I'm done fighting that. I'm just going to start giving into it um, because it's an amazing platform where you can do a lot of good. If you are somebody who has that intention behind it. Um, I'm very active on LinkedIn as well. Uh, My social media handle is Lamar coaching, or I should say at Lamar coaching, uh, but you can find me at Keegan Lamar over on LinkedIn. Um, Reach out and let's connect.
0: And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS podcast. You just heard Keegan Lamar, the performance mindset coach. All of his contact information will be in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe and share this segment. We're on 40 plus platforms and follow us on YouTube at GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp for all things video content. Remember. In order to reach the finish line, you have to start first. So don't be afraid to pull up and pop out your greatness because somebody is waiting for you to pass the baton to them. Pave a way for future generations to come and reverse engineer your legacy, and the foundation you want to leave for future generations to come. You can achieve your dreams if you start by stepping outside of your comfort zone and stop playing it safe. If your dreams aren't scaring the hell out of you, it's because they are too freaking small. Dream big and go after everything that you imagine. So until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day.